Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Elizabeth Vanderloo is a certified health coach for women. She believes health is a journey, not a diet. She has dedicated her life to offering practical support to moms who are looking to achieve optimal health and wellness. Liz is passionate about helping women learn how to thrive instead of simply survive. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you so much for having me, Zibby. It's my pleasure. So let's start by your telling listeners who you are and what you're doing on my podcast. <laughs> Gosh, what am I doing on your podcast? <laughs> I'm Liz, Liz Vanderloo, and I have a health and wellness business here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived in Charlotte for about four years now. I moved here from DC. I have two daughters, Charlotte and Ellie. They're six and three and they're a handful and I have a husband who's a handful too. <laughs> so I know firsthand the struggle of, you know, moms trying to do it all, trying to be it all. And fit health and fit weight loss in as well. I work strictly with moms and I can work, you know, with women of all ages. I've worked with a lot of women in their twenties before, but I found that this is really my niche because I'm in the trenches too. I'm in the thick of it. I know all of the same challenges that my clients are going through. So I'm literally going through them too. And so that's just a little bit of background about me. I got my integrative nutrition certificate, uh, gosh, it was seven years ago now, I think six or seven years ago now from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I did that too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I think that I saw that you used to run Weight Watchers groups and that sort of thing. And I did. This was like in a past life, but yes, I did all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it was so interesting to me because Weight Watchers now is basically what I learned in school, which is more of a holistic program, right? Your primary foods, your secondary foods, you're you know, taking your entire life into account. It's not just necessarily calories in and calories out. And so that's kind of basically what I learned in school. I learned every dietary theory out there, I learned that there's really not a one size fits all situation. I don't have, you know, a lot of these online programs that some health and wellness professionals will sell where it's like, you know, here's your, your one program that's going to be six weeks and I'm going to send it to your inbox, you know, every week and not check in on you. My programs are very bespoke because every individual is unique and everybody needs, you know, different things, different foods, one foods, one man's food is another man's poison. So, so what has worked for you? Tell me like, let's go back how you, how did you become interested in working in this field and what has your own journey with your own body been like? And is that relevant or was this just a side interest for other reasons? Totally relevant. I feel like 
I had quite the health journey myself. So I guess I'll start there, which kind of will lead us into why I got into this line of work. My husband and I grew up in New Jersey and we were high school sweethearts. He went to Georgetown University. I went to American University and I wanted to be, you know, Little Miss Elwood's politics. That's why I went to DC and that's what I wanted to do. And so I worked on the Hill for a little while. I worked on a presidential campaign. I worked in PR firms. I did mostly fundraising, ended up doing a lot of fundraising for nonprofits and education associations. And DC was just a rat race, super fun place to live in your twenties, but stressful rat race. My husband works in finance. He would work. I mean, there were weeks he worked 120 hours. And so we weren't really taking care of ourselves. When I was in college, when I started, when I came to American University as an 18-year-old, I didn't just gain the freshman 15, I gained the freshman 50. I did not know how to make healthy choices. I was emotionally eating because I was, I'm an only child and I was away from home and I didn't really have the tool set to be on my own yet. So I struggled with emotional eating. I struggled with all that weight gain. And with that weight gain came lots of really fun things like weight related issues, thyroid issues, pre-Hashimoto's disease. I was also diagnosed with chronic Epstein-Barr, which is something that I still struggle with today. So I decided when my husband put a ring on my finger when I was 22 years old, right after college, I said, well, I've got to lose this weight for my wedding. And it was not about health. It was about vanity. And I wanted to look perfect in my wedding dress. So I lost over 60 pounds mm. and about two years we got married. Wait, slow down, slow down, slow down, hold on. When you were, sorry, I want to hear the end, but I want more details. So when you were eating emotionally in college and gaining all that weight and developing associated health issues, what were your habits like? Were you eating fast food? Were you just like hiding sweets? Were you like, what, what, how did it all, or was it a combination of a lot of things? Like what was your eating like prior to that? Had you ever even thought about eating? Had it ever been an issue or you had just always been sort of thin and you didn't have to think about it? I never had to think about it. Prior to that, I did ballet from the time I was three until I was 18. And so I was naturally thin. I had a ballerina's body and I didn't really have to think about what I ate, but my mom, who always struggled with her weight, I mean, from the time I can remember, you know, she just always did, still does, but she would always provide, you know, what she thought were healthy options, but she wasn't really well-versed in any of that herself. And so I really just didn't know even what portion control was. When I went to the cafeteria, it was like free for all. And I would just kind of eat whatever I wanted. If I had a particularly stressful day, I'd eat late at night. You know, remember like my roommates and I going to Krispy Kreme in the middle of the night and thinking that that was a good decision. I would never hide food. It was never, you know, it never got to that point for me, but it was definitely, I was using food as a way to cope with things that I wasn't coping with, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Sounds very right. familiar. I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you gained the weight during college. Lost the Then weight. you decide to lose the weight for the wedding, which I'm sure, again, so many people can relate to. That's like yeah. every bridal magazine. <laughs> like, How did you do that? How did you I, lose all that weight? I really did it through mainly exercise. That was something that had been kind of missing from my life in college. And I started to exercise every day, but it got to the point where orthorexia was setting in. I was so consumed with what I was putting in my body 
every calorie, you know, every gram of fat. So I kind of went from one end of the spectrum to another end of the spectrum, and neither of those are healthy places to be. And for those people who don't know, what's the difference between anorexia and orthorexia? So anorexia is an eating disorder where you're actually just not eating or you have distorted ways of eating. I was eating, but with orthorexia, I it's more of your focus too much on what you're eating. You're focused too much on the calories in, the calories out. It's kind of something that not just, just that you focus on it too much, it can overtake your whole life and your whole brain. And that's kind of what was happening for me. It really ended up not being, you know, a very healthy situation. I think I thought I looked great on my wedding dress, but then I just kept taking it further and further. And I got down to like a double zero. That wasn't healthy either. And yeah, sure, I was eating and I was making these great meals for my husband and I, and but I certainly wasn't eating enough. I wouldn't say that I had an eating disorder because I have so many friends that have struggled with true eating disorders, but this was definitely something that was, you know, more kind of emotional and mental going on with me. So, you know, and I had been diagnosed with Epstein-Barr. I've been diagnosed with all these different issues. Losing the weight certainly helped, but I still had a lot of health-related issues. I also have an immunodeficiency and IgG deficiency. So I just had a lot going on that I thought, let's just take a hold of this. I have this super stressful life. I don't necessarily like my job. And I started to look into health and wellness programs. IAN really spoke to me. So I decided to go back to school. I was working, did that for a couple of years and I got pregnant and it wasn't really a super planned thing. It kind of just happened. So I'm working full time. I'm doing this, you know, IAN programs, nutrition program, full, pretty much full time. And now I'm pregnant. And I definitely, you know, gained the appropriate amount of weight during pregnancy. It was not super hard for me to lose the weight afterwards. I think that I could attribute that to my orthorexia habits, but I really, through the process of going through IAN, it was just such a healing process for me. I was able to kind of shed all of my issues with food and focus on health. It was no longer about dieting it became a focus on health. And I feel like since then, you know, I've had another daughter through both pregnancies. I gained the appropriate amount of weight. My second pregnancy, I probably gained too much. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm really healthy and happy and balanced in my body. And I've been that way. I've been able to sustain that for the past, I'd say six years now, since my first daughter was born. I think that when you become a mom, it has a way of just clearing out all the BS you prioritize and you kind of can get your head on straight. So I think that the process of IAN and also having my first daughter really helped me to, to heal all of that. And it's something that I really enjoy working on with my clients. So if you struggle with emotional eating, if you struggle with orthorexia, not only am I trained in all that, but I, I lived through it and you can break free from it. So when did you put the shingle out and start your con your consulting wellness business? I did that after my first daughter was born when we lived in DC. And I did that with a few clients for about two years, I'd say. And most of my clients just wanted to lose the baby weight, wanted to lose the baby weight. It wasn't really focused so much on health and wellness as much as I always try to kind of 
direct the train that way. It just seemed like there was a disconnect there. At the same time, I also started working for a website called Unconventional Kitchen, running their back end, helping them. It was a website for moms to go to for you know healthy habits, healthy recipes, that kind of thing. I, I built out West or created recipes for them. And that was a really fun thing to do kind of with my degree as well. And through that, through working with Unconventional Kitchen, I started to consult for her and then consult for some other clients in the health and wellness industry who I realized didn't necessarily have business acumen. They had, you know, the passion to do this, but they didn't necessarily have the business acumen to run a business. So I started to do that and kind of got away from the health coaching for about two years. And once we moved to Charlotte, I realized that while I was making a lot more money doing what I was doing in business consulting, it just wasn't feeding me the way that I needed to be fed. And so I decided once we were back in Charlotte to start with the health coaching again. I did have a baby in between there. So I took a little hiatus. And I also noticed that in Charlotte, the health and eating habits are very different than what they were in DC. So I find that I'm making a little bit of a bigger difference here for people, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So what did it feel like for you to have sort of the whiplash effect of having gained 50 pounds and then all of a sudden being a double zero and like being in a dressing room? Like tell there must've been a moment where you were like, oh my gosh, like, look, what, what is going on? Did that happen or? I don't even think that it's like a look in the mirror moment. I think that it's when you look back on photos like I remember looking through, my husband and I went to Greece on this amazing like trip through the Greek islands. Take me back. <laughs> and, Take me with you. <laughs> and we got home from that trip and I would always put together these, you know, like shutterfly books because I had time. Mm-hmm. And I remember- saying, Yes, I have my teenage son make my photo albums for the whole family. So once your kids get old enough, I'd pay him like 20 bucks an album. FYI, I don't know if that's bad parenting or not, but I get my Ooh. albums done. Okay. So just helpful tip for people who have photos stacking up. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, 100%. I have not done one since my first daughter was born. So I remember looking back on that book after the trip and thinking, who is that? She's like really skinny. She might, maybe she's too skinny. Is that me? And did anyone say anything to you? Did your family or your friends, did anyone say maybe you're getting too skinny? Yeah, for sure. My parents and even my husband was like, you know, you're beautiful no matter what. Like I, he has loved me at every single size that I have been, but he for sure would say, you know, you don't need to focus on this as much for him. It was less about how I looked and more about what I was like putting my energy towards. And I do remember his grandmother was very outspoken, always liked to talk to me about it. (laughs) So for sure, people noticed, people reached out, but I think it's something that no matter what other people say to you or what other people think, it has to be, it has to come from yourself to actually do something and, you know, change it. So where are you now personally, like in terms of how you feel about your body and all of that? I, now that I have two little girls, six-year-old and a three-year-old and well, we're in a pandemic, right? So let's just like kind of throw that in. Let's say pandemic aside, 
I feel awesome. And I have felt awesome for the past, I'd say three years since my daughter was born. My second daughter was born. I gained weight during that process. The weight did not come off as quickly the second time. I probably still have some of that weight on me now. And I'm 100% okay with it. I love how I look. I love having, you know, some curves. I'm always going to have kind of more of a tiny body, but I feel like I look healthy and I feel healthy now. And it's so much less about how I look. It's how I feel is everything. And I want every mom to feel as good as I feel. Because once you get that feeling, once you get that feeling of not feeling so exhausted all the time, not feeling like you have to constantly be focused on your weight and what you're consuming, I think that the whole world kind of opens up to you in a new way. So does that answer your question? Do you want to know what size I am now? I do not. I do not want to know what size you are. I'm happy to know that you feel good. And that is sort of the overarching lesson. I'm really interested in this concept of orthorexia because I talk to a lot of women who are who confess to feeling overwhelmed and completely consumed by what they eat. And then now I'm wondering, looking back, like all I did was count points for like years at a time. And like, was that orthorexia? How would you know? And what would your like... If there's someone listening who thinks like, well, geez, gosh, I like cannot stop thinking about my weight and you know, what can they do? What are like your three tips for people who may or may not be orthorexia orthorexics? I think the first tip is to kind of just not, I don't want to say own it, but acknowledge that it's there, give it a name, just like, you know, in therapy, when you're in therapy for any other situation, you have parts of you, right? So orthorexia is just a part of you. So name that part and know that it's there. And I think that it's really important to kind of talk to that part. If that sounds kind of like silly or woo-woo, I think it's really important that if you're struggling with anything between orthorexia, anxiety, any of that, you need to talk to that part and let it know that it's not in control of you. You're in control. You drive the bus. And so I feel like that would be a big sign for you. If you feel like I'm not driving the bus right now, something else is, something else is taking control. I think that would be the biggest kind of wake up sign for you to realize that maybe there's something worth exploring here and maybe there's something that we need to heal here. And if people want to work with you directly, do you do it virtually or do you have to be in Charlotte? Right now, I work with pretty much only people in Charlotte. I have one client in New Jersey. I like to work with people in person, but everything's virtual right now. So I can work with anybody anywhere virtually right now. The one thing that I love to do is my fridge and pantry makeovers. And that I always feel like I need to be there with you to do it. I can do those virtually too, but it's just, it's a sad time. I miss being with actual human beings. Oh, me too. So how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. It's liz.bandy.health.charlotte, CLT, or my website, which is lizvandyhealthandwellness.com. That was too fast. Liz Vandy, V-A-N-D-Y. Yep. Liz and Vandy Health and spell out and or ampersand? Spell out. And, A-N-D. Okay. Healthandwellness.com. Yeah. Liz Vandy Health and spell it out wellness.com. <laughs> I got to get better at that.
In addition to owning orthorexia and everything else, and I know your sweet spot is helping moms, do you have any advice in general for the busy mom who really wants to be healthy and just doesn't have the emotional bandwidth? I mean, I think, you know, what you were saying about before you had kids, before you have kids and maybe before you have kids and a job or whatever else you're doing in life, you might've had more mental headspace to focus and make smart choices. And like, I remember before I had kids, I would like go through a cookbook and be like, Ooh, I can totally make that. And I would spend like two hours after work and I would make it and it would have like three points or something. And it would be amazing. And I would be so excited. (laughs) And now I'm like, did I eat today? I think I ate today. Like I, I don't even, I don't even like have the focus on it sometimes. So what are just a few things, busy moms who are distracted or not just moms, even just like busy people, even though we're home, right? It's not like we're running around as much necessarily, even though we're mostly at home. What can you, what inspiration and like tips can we have for not sort of mindlessly partaking in some of the habits that maybe we know are not so, not the best, but we do them anyway. Like then what, how can we, you know? Oh gosh, it's hard. <laughs> so hard right now, especially with the pandemic. I'm like, I'm trying to normalize pandemic waking because it's just a different time. But in general, for busy people, the first thing I would say is accountability. Either working with a coach or just finding someone who's in the same kind of life space as you. If your mom, maybe finding another mom who has about the same amount of children and about the same age as your children, going through the same struggles, keep each other accountable. And I think that for most of my clients, that's what they want me for. They want me to keep them accountable. So I'd say that's numero uno is just keeping it kind of front of mind, but allowing someone else to hold you accountable so that you're not constantly doing it for yourself in your mind, if that makes sense. And specifically for moms, I'd say it's that same old kind of adage of put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on everybody else. Moms, just we don't have time to take care of ourselves. We're taking care of everybody else before ourselves. And I really feel like we just have to reverse that. We have to reverse that mom psychology, that martyr psychology in order to be able to to focus on what we need to focus on. The last thing I'd say is if you aren't working with a coach who's well-versed in this or you don't know anything about what this is, I would Google intuitive eating so that you can begin to understand how to become a mindful eater and how to be in control of that yourself. Amazing. Wow. So many tips, so much to think about. Thank you for sharing your very personal story and your whole journey and how it's led you to helping other people, which is really beautiful. It's amazing that you've decided to do that and got out of the DC rat race and instead are (laughs) helping women at where they, where they're struggling a lot and making real change. So I think that's awesome. And PS, I love your sweater, which for people (laughs) listening, I'll put this up on YouTube probably, but you're wearing this gorgeous sort of magenta sweater. I have, where is that from? I have to. It's halogen, just the regular, like Nordstrom halogen cashmere sweater that they make like a million colors of every year. And I saw this color and I was like, I must have. I'm obsessed with that color. Thank you. It's amazing. Very uplifting. Okay. That was off topic. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and I will be thinking of you. Awesome. Thank you. I hope I meet you in person. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.